Welcome to Financially Ever After, where award-winning and nationally recognized financial expert Stacy Francis will bring you savvy tips and words of wisdom on how to secure your financial future before, during, and after divorce. For 30 minutes every other week, you'll hear personal stories from women who have either faced or are currently facing this transition. In addition, you'll also soak up knowledge and inspiration from the industry's top legal, financial, residential, and mental health professionals. And now here's our host, Stacy Francis. Thank you, Steve. I'm so excited because here in the studio today, Deirdre Coop Hopkins, who is just a fantastic woman, someone that I've gotten to know over the last year or so, someone who shines uh, on the inside and the outside. I don't know if you have any of those women in your life, but um, we are really blessed to have have her here. Um, let me tell you a little bit about Deirdre before we, we kind of jump into her experience and the wisdom that she has to share with us. She's a single mom, a grandmother, which I don't quite believe because you look uh, literally essentially like you could have a, a child in the you know early teens at the oldest a professional and she's also an adventure seeker which I'm going to want to hear a little bit more about too uh, Deirdre is a professional she had a professional career um, it started in at Morgan Stanley as a sales assistant 21 years ago and then at seven years at that point she made a big transition into the home office sector and spent 14 years so you're a person who uh, you do not take commitment lightly you think about commitment and uh, really really pretty amazing woman in that area um, she recently moved over to healthcare industry and she's working for the hospital of special surgery um, with their Stanford collaboration um, and she's lived and worked in Fairfield County and that's been for the last 30 years what's interesting also particularly for this show is that you've been divorced now 25 years 25 years ago she was a single mom she did it all she had four young young children her youngest was a year old I'm not sure how you quite balanced that all and you say that it was a challenge but a successful and rewarding one her children are truly her pride and joy and you love spending your time now back to that adventure seeker runner cyclist kayaker and hiker and you like nothing better than going on an adventure and if your kids are with you one of your four kids who are with you it's even better so with that i want to say a great big thank you for for being here with us today well thank you for inviting me so wow deirdre this is uh this is fantastic i have so much to ask you i have so much to ask you but can you tell us your your personal story um, you know, how you came through the divorce process, how you managed as a single mom of four, the youngest being only, only 12 months old. How did you do that? And I look at you now and I think of you also as one of the happiest, really authentically, um, joyful, embracing life people that, that I've, I really know. So, so tell us more about that. Oh, you're so kind. Thank you. Um, uh, I think getting divorced 25 years ago with four young children was um, a bit of a stretch. 
interestingly, um, when I went to the lawyer that I initially went to, he did not want to help me because he just thought I was 30 years old. My oldest was six and my, I had four and five years. So he thought I was crazy. <laughs> um, but it was, uh, it was a choice I made because it was the best thing for my kids and for me. Unfortunately, their dad um, had an alcohol problem and it was becoming a very unhealthy environment. And uh, I did it for my children as much as I did it for me. Mm -hmm. um, so it was a challenge and it, and it was difficult. Um, but uh, once I made my decision, um, I think that's kind of my probably a strong characteristic of mine. I uh, I stuck to it. And yeah. I I just knew it was the best thing. Um, mm -hmm. And it did end up being uh, harder than I thought it would be. And there were days that I thought, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. But I did it. I just did it. And I think part of being young and those little ones, you know, they just kind of kept me going. Financially, how did you do it? It was much harder than I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, I had a pretty good, uh, I was raised in a big family. My dad was a school teacher. I was one of seven and uh, we got jobs as soon as we could. We were taught to kind of save and mm -hmm. earn our, you know, um, own money. Um, we all helped pay for school. That was a big thing. Uh, so I had that, I had a really, I had very good financial sense. Um, so I knew I could when it came down to it, I was I could take care of them, and that's what I ended up doing. Mm -hmm. It was unfortunate, and um, my husband actually his family had money, and that's I think was a bit of a surprise for me that um, he did not, you know, um, feel responsible for taking care of them. He did when he wanted to. If he wanted to send me money, he would, but it became a very much a control issue. Um, so him and, trying to control you with money. Yeah, and it was, for me, I thought, I just it's easier to do it on my own mm -hmm. because it wasn't nice. It was, um, it, uh, it had become a, he was angry because he did not want to get divorced. Mm -hmm. But as I said, it wasn't a healthy relationship. And I look at my kids now, who are 30, 28, 27, 26, so I'm forgetting yeah. their ages, but needless to say, they would not be who they are today. Mm -hmm. I have four adult children that are successful and they're incredible. And I, I just, I adore them and I think they're really healthy because they grew up in a healthy house. That's so important. Um, but I, but the money and the control was really, um, it surprised me a little bit. Part of that, I was young. I just didn't think, you know, I was responsible. I thought at least he'd be responsible. Mm -hmm. And um, and it, it gave me a whole different attitude about money. That yeah. Some people really do use it to control people. So I think it's really interesting how you talk about growing up in a household where you were taught to be responsible 
about money of, you know, you go earn your money as soon as you can. And with seven siblings, you know, you and six other siblings, seven you in total, um, I can't imagine there was a huge amount of money going around. But can you think of your first money memory and how that might have impacted how you deal with money now? Yes, and I, it's so vivid, and I'm going to show my age, but I remember, and I really liked going to the bank with my dad on the weekends with my money and my passbook and my savings passbook, and you'd go up and you'd yep. actually watch them ring that up, and they'd type it in, and you'd go back the next time, and you'd have a little interest, and they just kept adding that in and adding that in, and that was the money I used for school. and. I was really proud of that, and I never wanted to take any out. You know, we I just kept saving and saving, and it was was um, I was very proud. I felt very you know accomplished that I could you know save you this money, it. and it was um, and I it probably gave me a little bit maybe when I was younger, not so much, but definitely a sense of security. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, did you feel financially secure in your marriage? Um, I think I, that's, that's a good question. I, I would say it, it was okay. It wasn't, yeah. even though his family had money, it, you know, um, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. So, and I didn't, I was young when I met my husband, I was just graduated high school. So. I didn't, you don't see things, I think, when you're younger. And I didn't yeah. realize that um, it, within his family that it was, a, you know, um, that I think that money was also a bit of a power mm-hmm. tool. Yeah. Um, and so my husband, and ironically, he was an accountant, and he was terrible with money. He had oh, no, boy. terrible. And I didn't really, I was like, you know, but he was also used to being, he was given things. So yeah. He was just not, you know, um, and he was, but he was, I mean, we actually loved each other. It wasn't that we didn't love each other. And he was happy to have me handle everything. He had no, totally trusted me um, when we bought our first house. So it sounds like you handled a lot of the finances when you were married. Yes. You did. Everything. Good for you. Do you feel like that helped you? as you were going through the process to have a little bit more of an understanding about the money situation or was was it one of those things where there really wasn't that much and so it was what we it was we didn't much we were young and yeah. he also worked for a family business so Funny. all of a sudden his salary was not quite um, there were some limitations when we got divorced in terms of um, uh, how much he had made and what he could make in the future. Yeah. Uh, and we were only married seven years. So it was, I didn't, you know, I only had, you know, really, I didn't have the right to certain things cause it had only been seven years. Um, and I didn't have the fight in me. Yeah. I wanted, I wanted a healthy home for my children emotionally. And I, uh, and the money didn't matter that much. I mean, I, I have to say, I grew up in a family with, it was a big family and, uh, that wasn't the most important thing. And we, as I said, our house was really our big, our biggest asset. And um, that I did fight for because he wanted to sell it. And I said, no, I'm not. I'm not I, and I gave up a lot 
for my house because I knew when we bought it, things were not good. And I knew it was a good investment and I knew that then I would have something. Mm -hmm. And it was the smartest thing I did because a couple of years later, income was not coming in. I had gone back to work full time, but I was not making enough money to cover the costs. And I was spending my weekends fixing things in a house when I wanted to be with my children. Yeah, I sold it on my own in a month and bought a tiny little place not far away so they didn't have to change schools. And they bunked, literally bunked together. And I'm still in that house 20 years. And I almost own it. Wow. And I love it. And I love that my kids come back and that's where I raised them. Mm-hmm. And So it sounds like buying, you know, taking the house, buying him out, which is one of the big questions so many women have, really turned out to be a good investment for you and that you were able to sell it and realize a nice profit. We owned a little part of it. And just to go a little backwards, when we bought the house, his dad encouraged him to not have my name on the deed. deed. And I said, absolutely not. Good for you. I was like, well, no, this is our house. Yeah. Thank God I did that. But the night before I moved, and I'd made a good amount on the house, which is what enabled me to now go and turn around and buy another home. And I joke, I laugh because when we bought the house, um, it had been empty. I did a little research and he, I wanted to offer a low price because you can't go down. You can only go up. Yeah. He's like, you can't do that. I said, yes, I can. And I said, you just want, and I, I got that house much less, you know, for much less than anybody would have thought. You know, we were also renting though, so you can play a little bit when you're renting. But I, yeah. I really enjoyed the whole experience, and I was so proud of myself because I didn't listen to him. Yeah. And I thought, yeah. Needless to say, the night before I we're moving, and I'm closing on both. Yeah. The the old house and the new house. I get a call from his dad, wanting to know what I've sold the house for. I said, don't worry. Oh, no, no, no. Um, We're going to buy it so you can live in it. I said, no, I don't think so. And my children need to be on it. We lived on a dead end. I said, no, your grandchildren will be fine. And I said, your son's not been supporting us the way we agreed. And this is this is just better. Plus, I said, I have a family moving in here tomorrow. You can't just all of a sudden. I thought he didn't care. I thought, when am I going to tell this family? Go find another house? It doesn't work like that. And I, and I was, you know, and it all worked out fine, but it, it just amazed me that, yeah. you know. And, um, but the house then, um, having that, that separation then also, um, I knew I could afford where I moved to. Just a smart decision that you could do it without having to be dependent on him, without having to be dependent on his gifts from his parents when they wanted to to help, if ever. And I, there was no maintenance, so I had my weekends with my kids, and that's what I wanted. Well, as a single mom of four kids, I don't know when you're finding time to (laughs) to do maintenance on a house, let alone sleep. You know, and and then you're working, and you're, I mean, wow. Were there any? tipping points in your marriage financially of any conflicts? Did you guys 
get along about money or would you just never talked about money? Well, we probably got along only because I was a saver and he didn't, he, he wasn't too fussed. He kind of, he was happy to have me handle it. And, but when he would want to spend money, it was not always the way I would have spent money. And I remember, um, uh, I think it was after our third child, he went and leased a car and it was through a company that they used for their business, which is, and I knew nothing about leasing cars. Except for to me, it was not a good use of money, and we were saving for our house. I think the lease was it was enormous compared to what our monthly income was in terms of what you would pay for a mm-hmm. car that you're not even you don't own. And the guy had convinced him, you know, oh, well, you get this, you get that. I mean, he he was a good salesman, but my husband didn't think about how it impacted our our monthly budget and it was really eye-opening for me because it was a big decision and you know and then we were we had this car for yeah. two, uh, two or three years and yeah. probably two years because um and i was i just realized he really had no sense mm-hmm. and that um was that you know if <laughs> that was i i couldn't believe it yeah it's interesting we we have done a, a wonderful survey um, and interviewed 150 women, and it was it was shocking to me the number of women who really explained and showed examples of having just completely different financial values than their husband, and some of them shared that when they got a divorce they actually felt more financially secure. And Deirdre, it wasn't that they had more money, they had less, but it was the fact that they finally felt they had control and that they didn't have this other person doing things like taking out expensive leases on cars that you essentially are paying, you know, maybe even two times more than you really can afford. Did you have any of that relief when you are on your own of just at least you didn't have to worry about his spending anymore impacting you? Um, no, because at the end of the day, he, he didn't spend um, that much. I mean, that's something that really stood out. And it was more, he made, it was a minivan. He was doing it for me and the kids. So it came from a good place. It was just yeah, the numbers yeah. didn't work out. Um, and... I think because I had ultimately a lot of the control, um, I will say one of the things I agreed to, which of course made sense when we did it, was that a lot of our savings were in the company. I never saw that. And, um, but, you know. So tell me a little bit more about that. So a lot of your personal savings was wrapped up in the the family company that he was working in. And again, we didn't have that much. And And even... Right now, I, I, even to this day, I don't really even remember how much that was because maybe he'd get something at the end of the year and then it just stayed there. We never saw it. I mean, we we lived a very simple life. I mean, really paycheck to paycheck, um, even though he, you know, he didn't live the way his, his parents or even some of his siblings lived. It was it was um, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and and again, he, I mean. He was an alcoholic, so that was that was probably our biggest 
problem. Um, and, but I also, you know, what comes along with that, though, is, you know, I didn't always trust him. Yeah. So I didn't always know. I mean, you know, I think sometimes money disappeared and it was for things that I didn't necessarily agree with. Yeah. Um, I, when we did get divorced, I mean, I was not working full time. I had four small children. I had a little part time job. Um, and I think I was concerned. I became more concerned when I realized he was not going to hold up his end of the agreement. I also, I don't think I, even though I did all the paperwork, it's costly to raise four children. And I was like, yeah. And I don't, I think that I wasn't as prepared for. And I probably didn't, you know. Yeah. I even remember my lawyer saying to me, are you sure you can live on this? Mm-hmm. But I was so used to saving and cutting corners. You can't always do that when you have yeah. kids. Yeah. Um, so that, uh, um, but I have to say, oh, oh, you know, I, I just made it work. Mm-hmm. And between having a career and taking care of them, it just, it just, I worked hard and it just only got better and better. Yeah. Do you have any words of wisdom that you would give to women who are thinking about or are going through a divorce now? I would trust your gut. There were a lot of things I did. I just was so sure it was the right thing to do that not everybody necessarily agreed with. You know, I mm-hmm. really there were things that were important to me. My home, being there for my children. I there were some you know, jobs I turned down. I didn't want to commute to the city. I needed to be. I had no help. I was the one that had to go to school if they got sick. I mean, I lived a couple of miles from our house, and, you know, my job, everything was within a couple of miles. Um, Education was really important to me, um, and I made sure that was a priority, and uh, my kids knew that, and they kind of grew up the same way I did saving and, and helping and uh, I became a whiz at finding scholarship money um, and I had three children in college one year which was pretty amazing and I have four children that graduated without loans which I'm really proud about and that That's was really amazing important to me and and how did you do that I mean it sounds like you opened up those books and you put your Sherlock Holmes hat on and I recently and, and found scholarships and I mean I this is one of the biggest one of the biggest worries that that women have is the the astronomical cost of college and I think unfortunately just because I have siblings who are, have children in college now I don't think that the funds are there and they're not giving them out also being a single parent with a not I wasn't being supported and um, I had a an amazing lawyer who with each of my children would write a letter and let the colleges know that that was my situation um so i was sending kids to school on one income yeah and um yeah four kids through through college if you could go back and change anything about any of the decisions you made either during or after the divorce would there be any changes or, you know, kind of the things I wish I had known? I think going through the divorce, I was young. I You were young. 
I didn't. You were really I, young. I was a little naive. I really didn't. I actually thought that he would get better. I thought maybe this will be better. He'll be, and I felt bad. And he actually passed away. So that's it's a very it's sort of a sad it's sad for me because he had four amazing children and he didn't get to share that. Um, but I was naive because I just thought, wow, you know, people do the right thing. People don't always do the right thing. Um, and. I think um, asking for help, I wasn't really good. I was pretty adamant about, I can do this. I didn't really have, I had no friends that were divorced. So I, I didn't have a whole lot of support. That's something that we have heard over and over and over again from women who, all different ages, all different circumstances, have said that they just, they didn't feel like they necessarily had as much support as they needed. And sometimes they cite needing someone just to talk to. And, and sometimes they talk about um, having that financial support of, of understanding what they're saying yes to or no to, mm-hmm. like that financial education. Um, for you, was it more of just having a community that could identify with what you were going through and you being able to share what it was like to be a single mom of four kids pretty much supporting them on your own financially? Yeah, I, th- I think, I mean, I really didn't have any friends that were divorced. And I had a great support system. It's one of the reasons I stayed where I lived. There were, mm-hmm. there were great services. I mean, my kids went to a boys and girls club, which saved me. And it was the, they learned to play hockey there. They swam there. They learned how to play basketball there and they all got scholarship money from our local boys and girls club to help them go to college so I had a great community in that sense I had family I mean and I still have an amazing family that have helped me with my kids when they were young um, and are really close to my children now which is real special Um, but there's something about someone understanding what you're going through Um, I actually did you know, I went to um, Al-Anon a lot, and they were very supportive. So I think just having that, someone that gets it. And I also was sort of unique, because even when I would meet people that were divorced, a lot of them were angry or, you know, um, or still fighting. Or I didn't really have that. I mean, yes, it wasn't easy, and there were some certainly some disagreements, but I walked away. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't want to fight. Mm-hmm. You know, and there, not that we didn't, obviously, there were things, you know, because if he wanted to see the kids, he did. I There were a lot of things, like I talk about an agreement, I mean, he didn't um, even see the children. I mean, he went sometimes over a year without seeing them, and he lived in the same town. Mm. So I think that you just... Um, he really messed up. Yeah. Really messed up. Do you... and. and this is a tough question, but so many moms, when they are thinking about divorce, um, worry about their kids without necessarily having as strong a father figure. And for you, it really wasn't much of a choice because you were in a very unhealthy situation for them. So you were not really given that choice. But just to give give hope to the women, it sounds like you're your kids are phenomenal and they didn't necessarily have that 
real strong father figure in their life. Can you tell us more about in these last few minutes, just how you've seen them grow and how they came through this process? I know they were little, but just even after, I mean, they've, they've, they're phenomenally wonderful kids. And I walked my daughter down the aisle when she got married. So that was pretty big. So I was kind of both. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel, you know, I'm, I've always lived my life. My glass is always half full. It's not half empty. And they were a gift as far as I'm concerned, the four of them. They Mm -hmm. are, you know, two boys, two girls. And, um, and the days that it was pretty tough, I, you know, they would do things and I would just be like, yeah, this is why I'm, this is why I'm here. This is what I'm doing. This is, and I loved, and I still love being a mom. Um, and I was very, um, and I was determined to do a good job. And I think it's one of the best jobs I've ever done. And I think being present as -hmm. much as I could and making them a priority and making dinner and sitting and, and and hearing about their days and being involved. And I probably was a little strict, they would tell you. And I know they did things they shouldn't have, but, um, you know, I was raised by really good parents. And I think I always told my dad, I'm a really good mom because you were a really good dad. And my mom was a good mom. I just, I said, and I learned from them. And I think, you know, my kids learned very early on the difference even between what do you want and what do you need? Mm -hmm. And I see they get that still as adults. And it's really important, especially in the world that that we live in. And I think just being there for them. Yeah. Do I, I don't, I don't, you know, I think if you love your kids and they know they're pretty awesome, that's what matters. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. And, um, and my kids know that to this day. That's so amazing and so powerful. I have one more question to ask you before we finish up. How do you keep the glass half full? Because I can see it's, it's a conscious choice that your outlook, despite whatever is going on, is, is half full. How do you make that conscious decision to walk through life like that. I feel like that's something that we all strive and and sometimes struggle with. Oh, well, I, um, I don't know if, you know, uh, if it's partly how I was raised and, um, the love I felt in my, my own family and that Mm -hmm. I still feel as, uh, you know, I've, you know, my siblings, obviously, we were all older adults. <laughs> um, and I think we go through periods. Mm-hmm. I mean, I certainly don't have the same relationship with my siblings that I did when we were young and beating each other up. And I see the same with my with my own children. Um, I've really viewed my life as chapters. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe it's a little easier to, to look at it that way. Because... Um, and every chapter's been kind of amazing. Some harder, but I think um, it's been exciting. Yeah. And I just, I 
I think, and especially for me, getting divorced, and I ended up probably being a much different person being on my own. And because I didn't have, I didn't have weekends. I didn't have nights off. I mean, you know, their dad would take them when he wanted to, which was, which was great. And sometimes he'd only take two or, and that was when they were young and then he didn't take them anymore. But, um, I didn't have that time. Um, so you, you, you just make the best of it. And I think for me, it could always be worse. (laughs) And, and, uh, and I just felt blessed because I ended up, you know, I raised my kids and I, I did a good job at that. And I, um, I became an, a runner and my boys run and we've done marathons together. I was a trail runner. I cycled. I did a lot of sports I might not have done um, because I was, I could kind of do what I wanted. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it's, um, and it's very exciting to be able to say that and um, and I really embrace who I've become and I know I'm still and there's still another chapter out I there know. which is great Deirdre what I love is that how you use that analogy of chapters and how together it makes a beautiful book a book that continues to be written and so I cannot thank you enough for sharing your beautiful story with us here today. This is just really, really, really powerful. So thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure and an honor to be sitting here with you. Well, thank you. And thank you for everyone tuning in to Financially Ever After. As you know, we will be here every other week with a inspiring story with wisdom and inspiration and support for women going through divorce and professionals who want to know how to support women in the best way. Uh, If you'd like to learn more about Francis Financial or would like a second opinion about your situation or your investment portfolio, um, do reach out. Do reach out. In fact, I read an article um, in the Wall Street Journal recently that said 81% of people would appreciate a second opinion about their portfolio. And I totally got it. Um, I went in for knee surgery a couple months ago, successful, very successful, which was great. Um, but I got a couple of second opinions and I took my time and I was really happy with the surgeon I, I chose even more so because I just got back from Amsterdam yesterday and we were walking anywhere from eight to 10 miles a day. And I was really impressed because I'm only about eight weeks out and um, I was usually at the front of the pack of us, which was which was really good. Um, so please reach out and our um, website is francisfinancial.com. You can email me, Stacy S-T-A-C-Y, at francisfinancial.com. And we're here for you. So thank you again for tuning in to Financially Ever After. Deirdre, thank you again for sharing your story. You're just such an inspiration. And I so appreciate you being here. Thank you.